Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Welcome to episode number 036 of the Skeptic Wire for December 14th of 2011. Yay! I am your host, or an host, Gary Lawn. With me tonight are Greg Perrine. <laughs> Hello! And Donna Swafford. I'm scared. You should be. Um, unfortunately, last week our co-host... Uh, David made the decision that he needs to take a break from participating in the Skeptic Wire podcast. But don't worry, he hasn't run off and joined the Holistic Chamber of Commerce so he can sell healing crystals and promote heart math or anything like that. Uh, David will still be around for local skeptic meetups and will be among the people from San Antonio going to the Reason Rally in March. And, most importantly, he is still our friend. Yes. Uh, we might have guests join us from time to time, but uh, we don't have any plans to replace David. So, who knows? He may be able to rejoin us in the future, but for now, on with the show! Well, hold on. I think that we should actually wish David well in whatever adventures he's going on right now. Yes. So, wish you well, David. Wish yes. you well, Dave. And we'll see it. him around. Yes. Yeah, we will. Just not each and every week. You. Um, so, what we have? Intro. Skeptical. Skeptical. Skeptical birthdays. <laughs> well, you can just use that as a theme song because I've over the last couple of months, it seems almost every other week we start talking about, oh, it's so and so's birthday. It was Mark Twain's birthday today. Blah blah blah. Well, Carl Sagan's birthday and all that. Um, I found actually a few skeptically themed birthdays today. Does anybody know what some of them are? I found three. No clue. No clue. Um, Pope Benedict. The third? No. I, I should probably just go on ahead and say it. Yeah. Um, in 1503, Nostradamus was born. Ah. Now, Wikipedia seems to say it's either the 14th or the 21st of December, so there's some question about when he was born, but it was that long ago that who knows. But, you know, anybody who doesn't know Nostradamus, he was a, a French apothecary and a supposed seer who wrote kind of Quatrains. Poetic, yeah, co- poetic quatrains that supposedly had prophecies in them. and Which, unfortunately, no one can seem to decipher before anything happens. But, yes. boy, do they make sense after they happen. <laughs> and that makes a really crappy prophecy. At least Pretty the bad. prophecies from Harry Potter, you could see, oh, it's all about Wormtail. That makes sense. Or Okay, I'm a geek. That was that was a movie. Yes, and a book. <laughs> and a series of books. Wait. They wrote a book about the movies? <laughs> Don't make me come over there and hit you in the head. You know, they were banned in the Middle East. All you East. have to do is go over there and breathe on them. <clears throat> I'm not that sick. I need to put a thing over the <laughs> microphone. <clears throat> put a condom on it. Okay, what? Well, that, that might be an experiment you were doing, and someone else who's famous for doing experiments on TV... Clever. Did you see that segue? Paul Beekman Zaloom. Well, not not Beaker. Beaker. Oh, Beaker. Right, Beekman. Um, Beekman, who was basically did Beekman's World. It was oh, one of yeah. the precursors to Bill Nye the Science Guy. I remember Beekman's I think World. it was on PBS for a while, then it moved over to CBS for three or four years. Back when they had to do actual programming uh, <laughs> towards education in yeah. children. 
So Unlike today. He would, he would do a lot of kind of zany experiments, and sometimes they would work, sometimes they weren't. You know, it was good kind of was fun, fun educational yeah. stuff. So he was born this day in 1951. Wow. And um, I realized I put these out of order, but um, the astronomer, uh, uh, astronomer Taco Brahi was born on this Tycho. day. Tycho. Not taco. Not taco. <laughs> <laughs> you hungry? I'm sorry, I have a cold. <laughs> I think we broke him. Not quite I yet. Think- <laughs> We're working on <laughs> No, I think actually he broke himself. Taco, taco brahe. Oh, that's that's, that's right the next, band from that's, the 80s. That's, that's next to Chili's, right? The, the, uh, next I was going to say that's the new special at Taco <laughs> Bell. <laughs> So Tycho Brahe, okay. Yes, Tycho Brahe, the astronomer. Go look up up on Wikipedia because hopefully there you can find a pronunciation of his name because obviously I can't. Yeah, doesn't he, there's a there's a, a crater or two named after him, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say it's the toy company. Yeah, yeah probably not named Tonka. after him. No, no, there is a Tycho. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but not yeah. in this case. Okay. <laughs> yes. Moving on. Me. Oh, hey, I've got something to say. We're well organized, aren't we? I know. Did you look at the list before we started nope. recording? Okay. <laughs> I'm winging it. So the Richard Dawkins Foundation is having a contest, and you can win two free plane tickets to the Reason Rally. Is it a mud wrestling contest? Unfortunately, it is not. Damn it. I might be able to do that. Never now, have that luck. So so here's here's the pitch. Would you like to have dinner with Richard Dawkins? Yes. Do you want two free plane tickets to meet Richard Dawkins at the Reason Rally? Hell Do you yeah. want to build a secular movement with persuasive appeal and an optimistic vision? Are you a social media maven, a marketing whiz? Do you have a knack for creating interesting, dramatic, or entertaining images or videos for YouTube or on Facebook? Yes, yes, yes. Do you yes, want yes, to help the secular yes. movement transform America? Yes, baby, yes! Then uh-huh. enter the 10-point vision contest. <laughs> I am so disturbed now. <laughs> and so are our listeners. <laughs> we apologize. Boo. We're back after a cigarette and a nice... Uh... Technical difficulties. <laughs> hey, so, if you have technical difficulties, I don't want to know about it. Uh, just hand me a tissue. So we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a link on the blog and, and the show notes. And they, they're having a contest. So go to and do your best and let's support secular... America. So this is producing your own videos, and the best video that maybe Richard Dawkins might choose will be picked. Uh, Richard Dawkins. I'm sure it's not just Richard Dawkins. I'm sure there's. there's I'm sure it's uh, knowing the people that we know. That I I believe that Sean Faircloth is also going to be helping pick. Mm -hmm. The winning um, submission will be selected from a list of finalists based on popular vote. And you have to get it in by the 19th of January. Already. So you don't have much time to lose. No, December January 19th. January 19th, 2012. Okay. So go out there and make some videos and spread some secularism and win a prize. Secular joy. Yep. Win a a prize. Uh, Greg, you have something about the great state of Texas. Yeah, we we covered this a few weeks ago where um, I mentioned that the um, DMV board here in Texas was asking for public comments on a new uh, specialty license plate design. You know how they'll sell, you know, sell 
a few specialty license plates that have you know five numbers instead of the full seven or eight numbers that most license and plates they, have. And they have icons on them, yeah. like UT or like a bold face. Or, or a little puppy, and mm-hmm. the money will go to whatever organization sponsored it. Right. So the Humane Society or UT alumni or whatever. Or, or whomever. Well, there was one design called, quote, Calvary Hill, unquote, that um, basically had Texas across the top, all in black and white, and it had three crosses like the Mount... Calvary. Calvary. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, interestingly enough, or maybe not, uh, the the what used to be a Baptist church just uh, across the way, across the street, actually has a little hillock with the three <laughs> crosses on them. Yeah, Nobody that, hanging from them, however. So they're it's not... It's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> creepy. But, and above and along the bottom of the license plate, it says, One State Under God. Yep. Which is apparently a motto that was added to the pledge to the Texas state flag. I think it was added in 2007 or something Very like recently, that. Very recently, yes. So it's not even the 1950s One Nation Under God thing. Where, you know, people say, oh, well, it's tradition now. It's been four years. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's, it is tradition. Yeah. So, um, originally they were asking for public comment. And I sent something in saying, you know, you realize that a government cannot endorse religion, the First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure plenty of people did this as well, because I know Hammett Meta on Friendly Atheist um, put this on his blog and said, go give them comments, go give them comments. Yeah. Well, apparently they didn't care about the comments because on a four to three vote, they approved this week to, um, to print, print that as a plate yeah. that will go, the funds will go to, uh, it'll go to a church, will it not? No, 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 it, it goes to a charity, a church based initiative yeah. type charity. Yeah. Okay, here it is. The, the Glory Gang, a non-profit. <laughs> I'm not making this up. It's called the Glory Gang. It's a nonprofit organization that basically tries oh, to keep is. kids out of gangs. Okay, that's honorable. But good gracious, people! But they, pro- I'm, I'm sure that in order to get them out of gangs, they proselytize to them, oh, and they say, you know, come to church instead, and it's the here's glory a Bible, gang. and it's a whole lot of glory. Yes, but the fact that they call themselves a glory gang, trying to get people out of gangs, is it's kind of, it's it's kind of like you know shifting one for another. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, that's a little creepy to me. Well, I mean, you know, uh, you know. Kids go- join gangs because they want to be part of a group, right. or they, they belong want to, be to something. Up. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, cause, cause in, in, you have to. You have in to my have suburban to... understanding of gangs, <laughs> kids, you know, they may not feel welcome at home. They don't feel like they're part of something or a community, a a group or whatever. So they join the gang for mutual protection and also to have some self esteem because they're part of a gang. Right. You know, that's something they can really be proud of, and that's, you know, they, others depend on them, and they can depend on others, and it's a self-esteem thing. Well, it's not just self-esteem, it's, then. It's one of it, the big It's a things. community. It's a, it's a group. Yeah. And granted, the group may not be the most pleasant thing, but at least <laughs> they've got something that, for which they can stand. The long and short of it is that this is a government endorsement of a specific religion. In that these are government plates. Yes, you can optionally buy them, 
but they are they they're not putting out something with the Star of David. There's nothing with the Crescent and the Star of Islam. There's definitely not going to be any goddamn atheist plate. <laughs> so um, this is a government endorsement of a specific religion. Right. They're, and, they're, they're treating one one special. It may not be yeah. necessarily an endorsement, but they're treating the Christian or the, the well, crosses Well, you think specially. of license plates as government-issued items. So yeah. if your, your I, you driver's license came with a cross on it, you would think I don't, I don't know that people think really Christian. think of that anymore. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I know that you can go, but you, since you have the choice of which style, and as long as they're not making that the default... And like Georgia, was it? Is it Georgia that's putting it? Georgia or Kentucky or yeah. one of those. One of those Kansas. states that's putting the, where one you nation. have to pay to remove yeah, or the nation. sticker to cover up the In God right. We Trust. Yeah. yeah. But so, you could also say the thing, same thing about those Utah crosses that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that, well, it's just, you know, it's just a cross. You no, know, no, there, no, there's a difference between. Because you think of something that's on public land as being. A public right, right, thing. no, 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 right. Because, but that is public land. That's public land, and that's mm-hmm. so that's. But this is not public land. This is your personal car. Granted, it's a government issued. That's identification. The thing. It's a government issued item. But if you get the choice, I, 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 I'm I, I, not, my, I don't think it's that big of a my deal. My issue is is the fact that I'll fight my, against it, but I don't think it's a big deal. Right, and no, and I agree. My issue is is that the money is going to this faith-based initiative type charity. Yeah, right. That's where I have a bigger issue. Yeah. I I really I I well, bristled and- at all the people who are for this who are basically saying that it was, you know, f- well it's my free speech to have this plate. It's your free speech to buy a freaking bumper sticker or put one of those Jesus fish on the back of your car. Yes, no problem. The government is not involved in that. All right. But but this this of course is is the uh, the difference between having the, the Christian plate and like like a Muslim plate is that right now the Muslims are having a hard time. Islam is having a, a hard time in the United States, especially amongst the the lesser thinkers of of us. Or um, Lowe's Hardware Store. Yeah, let's who, not even go there. You know who who are going to look at that as a target, right? So it becomes difficult then to release a plate with you know the the crescent moon, the crescent moon with the star, with the star. Yeah, I was going to say hammer and <laughs> sickle with the star. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know those commie Islamists. Islamists. Anyway, um, well, yeah. I obviously feel a little stronger about it than you do. Right. Well, that as, it's, and as, as well you should. You know, it's <laughs> to me, it's the kind of thing where. You know, maybe you have the, uh, you know, a nativity display that has a crash and a Star of David and an atheist sign. I think none of that should be on public land, even though you have the, the choice, you have the variety no, I, I, of different I, I, things. I concur, because, okay, when, when you put a nativity on the steps of the, the courthouse, that, that is definitely saying, hey, you know, we're, we're we're a religious organization, right? Or we support religion, and we specifically support this religion, right? I don't think that they should be doing any of that. Now, like a Christmas tree, that's yeah. iffy because it, that doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily a uh, religious symbol. It's right. a but the nativity yeah. is definitely religious, yeah, uh, in nature. But so the crosses I, on these license plate are religious symbols on a government issued 
thing, which is similar to right, religious but, symbols on government land. Right, but uh, if you can have the choice to change your government-issued ID to to support your view, mm-hmm. then should you? I, I think you should be allowed to do that. And to me, fine. I know I know who you are now. <laughs> uh, I know one. Don't let you drive behind me, and two, give you some distance because you're. You've obviously God is your co-pilot, and you may be going, Jesus, take the wheel! Well, there were some commenters on some of these sites <laughs> saying that, well, you know that those are the license plates you're going to see at the hourly rate motels and the strip of the exactly. place. So. Yeah. I think that would be fantastic. So <laughs> I, th- I think it, it goes, I think it swings both ways here. <laughs> I Like I said, I agree with Gre- Gary in that if I'm Gary. not having to pay for it, yeah. or I'm not being forced to take that, I'm willing to give a little bit of slack, but like in the case of wherever Georgia, Kentucky, wherever, where I have to pay extra to cover up in God we trust. Yeah. That's the point that it's taken too far. Well, unfortunately, things like in God we trust or one nation under God, they've gotten the excuses of, well, it's our national motto kind of thing. Now. Where if, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if there was a big old cross on it, a a explicitly religious symbol, or even a Star of David or a Crescent Moon, a, a explicitly religious symbol. That's the main thing I have a problem with. I wonder if we yeah. could we could sneak in a uh, uh, an, an A in that in a God we trust and kind of you know soften it a little bit. They use a lowercase g instead of the uppercase g yeah, for God. They can, they can, they can keep the op- uppercase because God is really that's the title more than the name. Yeah, you know, it's like Yahweh, Elohim, Yeshua is yeah. his name, but God's his title. You know, that's what he has. Hi, Yeshua, God. <laughs> that's on the business card. And God. Card. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think our intros have managed to keep getting actually longer. <laughs> well, I think this this last intro topic, which was intro-y, leads fairly well into your topic. Yes, exactly. Um, so I'll just, and you know what's what? your topic, Donna? Back in September, a Florence, South Carolina school, the New Heights Middle School of the Chesterfield School District, held a revival-style assembly. Woohoo! In which, um, and let me get this exact number. It's a private here. school, right? No, it is a public school. Oh. Um, something like close to 400 public school teens surrendered their hearts to Jesus today. That was a tweet from one of the not organi- one of the performers, uh, Christian Chapman, who delivered a sermon before, during, and after this. <sighs> Great. They also brought in the, and I hesitate to use this word, rap artist. His name is B Shock. B Shock, that's right. Yeah, he was um, he was in a he was in another story we had a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, B Shock. So yeah, and naturally, a kid's parents complained, and when the parents complained, um, he was told that there basically that. The father needed to get right with God. Right. <laughs> and that the, that his son shouldn't declo- disclose the yeah, fact that, right. he was, that he was a non-believer. Right. A in non-Christian. Because that's scary. In addition, they have a long-standing tradition of proselytizing during choral concerts, award ceremonies, football games, school assemblies. 
there's a collection of religious iconography, religious themed messages in the front office, um, including the mascot that was painted on the gym floor actually had a cross painted on its eye. Kind of like the reflection. What's the mascot? I have no idea. I just saw the mascot. Ghosted oh. for a T. I think it's team. like an eagle or something. Yeah. So the eye of the eagle has a, a cross. fairly obvious cross. Yes. Right. A student correspondent wrote, when walking into the gym, you would normally see bleachers and basketball goals, but on this day, the lights were dimmed and smoke filled the air. A pastor and rapper took center stage, be shocked, a Christian rapper performed first in the gym, and he was able to get kids to really interact with him, jumping, clapping, singing. The students were all stirred up and captivated by be shocks mesmerizing light show, which I've seen bits and pieces of it. It looks like cheesy 80s. Laser shows. Well, I mean, what's the age group we're talking here? Middle school. Mm. Oh, they're probably pretty jaded. I thought it was going to be younger. Okay. These two men, with the help from volunteers, did an amazing job speaking to the hearts of these kids. They touched the lives of some very important people, our youth, and the overall experience was astounding. That was a quote from the thing. Now, the, uh, the preacher that was there tweeted after the show, and he said after the first show, he was like, close to 108th graders gave their life to Christ. There was a scoreboard in the gym that should say, Jesus 225, Satan 0. Oh. oh. Didn't they also have the students, like, sign a pledge? Yeah. To Jesus? Um, at, right, and at one... This is way worse than a license plate. Right, <laughs> and at one yes. point, the... When they were the like, there's a video which has now been taken down. But the ACLU, bless their, bless them. I love the ACLU. Actually, has a copy of it. It's on their web page. Where basically one of the principals goes like, "How are you going to do this?" And the guy was all like, "I don't care that it's illegal. He knows what he was doing was wrong, right. and did it anyways." There seems to be a lot of that going on recently. So. Well, I, th- I thought it was interesting to read out um, because this uh, the parent of the son, Jonathan Anderson, he's suing. Yes. He's suing Chesterfield County, the school district, the school board, the superintendent, uh, the principal, everybody. And um, I liked one of the main paragraphs of the complaint, which says... The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution prohibits public schools from proselytizing students, sponsoring pair or otherwise promoting religion. When public school officials engage in these unconstitutional activities, they harm school children by coercing them into religious practice and subjecting them to unwelcome indoctrination and religious messages. They harm parents by usurping their right to control the religious upbringing of their children. And they harm families and the community as a whole by sending a divisive message of religious favoritism for those who adhere to the school's, um, for those who adhere to the school officials' preferred faith. So, I mean, that's all of it in a nutshell that, um, they're just blatantly break, you know, breaking the law and there's no apologetics about it at all that it should be fairly open and shut, and they shouldn't be doing this in the first place. And hopefully that they'll get smacked down. You know, talking about this, you know, pushing agendas and, and everything else, we have the exact opposite now with Rick Santorum's recent statements. Rick Santorum just recently came out and said that... Um, he just came out? I wish that he'd come out, but he Rick didn't. Rick Santorum just came out? 
Rick Santorum has said that science should get out of politics. Science? <laughs> science should get out of politics. Yep. Yes. And he opposed to teaching that provides, quote, a politically correct perspective. But it's okay for religion to be in politics. Right. Oh, yeah. That makes no sense to me. We can, as long as you believe something, it's fine, but if something is proven to be true or false, but you believe it, if it's false and you believe it, that's fine. But if it's true and you believe it, even better. But if it's true and you don't believe it because your faith is against it, that's fine. I'm sorry, you just lost me. <laughs> okay. Here, here's another quote. Basically, you know, he doesn't believe in reality. Well, you, yes. You know how you were quoting from the father that basically said the school was undermining r- religious authority in the house and everything else? Here's a quote from Rick Santorum. President Obama doesn't know the name of your child. How dare he suggest what is best for them in regards <laughs> to teaching? Right. Well, this is coming from a guy who's homeschooled his kids through the eighth grade. Right. And they attend different high schools based on their needs. And this is Jerk. this is once again where that where you see that that schism in his thinking. He believes that the federal government doesn't accommodate customized educational products. And that's how we you know I'm like so we're Actually it does if you can afford it. Well, no, the federal government doesn't. You can provide customized educational products either through tutors through private school all of that jazz the federal government Say that not right. necessarily has a one-size-fits-all yeah but but the federal government had doesn't isn't involved in primary education it's the state and local government well he wants yeah. it all all education he basically wants to do away with the uh Department of Education yeah. and remove it, move everything down to state and local boards. Because that's what we need in this country: less standards. Because we, you know, it's it's bad. I mean, the problem is that we have so many different standards across the country that you know there's no one standard level of education to say you must reach this high in order to get into a college. You know, we expect but, this well, level of science, this level of math. You know what the colleges require right now. The schools aren't teaching to get the people in college. What they're doing is they're teaching to the standardized tests. Right. I'm talking specifically Texas because yeah. they have the standardized tests that you have to take every year. If Which not, is now changed twice a year. again. Right. So it's just multiple choice tests. You know, it's got the standards on it, and that's fine. Uh, except that all they're doing because of the regulations required now is they have to keep improving. So once you get 90% pass rate, you have to keep improving. It's kind of like Walmart, you know, <laughs> getting getting the the price so low that you eventually price someone out of of the gig and so some other cheaper product comes in at, at a lesser cost. And so you're getting worse and worse quality. Uh, right. And so that's exactly what's happening in Texas. You're getting worse and worse quality because they're not teaching people how to think. They're not teaching people how to do the do the math and 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 do the reading, uh, and, reading and comprehension. And so all it is, it's a matter of teaching how to solve the test. Yeah. And that is not what life is like. Right. Life is not a multiple choice test. And it's also leaving things like, you know, Basic science education. and history and music and art. All, all of that. All the stuff that makes life richer. Now, instead of getting that during school and when they have time. 
that's all put to the side. Or even basic uh, physical education has been cut down, too. Well, he also wants to see social studies cut down as well, because... Ooh, see, somebody might mention the word her, gay. Just give everybody a Barton book. and Well, yeah. a, not even that. I mean, it's it's the dumbing down of the population. So Because an educated population is scary to the people in charge because people can start thinking and they can think critically. Right. But when you get rid of that, hey, they're dumb, fat, and happy. The unfortunate thing right now is there's no job, so now they're pissed off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but still dumb. Right. And it's not going to get any better. So it's it's all about education. Yeah. And they don't want the education. I think. That's my opinion. Yeah. But that's and, that's absolutely what... I mean, that's what Perry has been doing. Cutting billions of dollars, literally, from the, the budget for for education. And it's, it's just scary because the education is really the only way we can get out of economic problems yeah Yeah. is to innovate with more edu more you know intelligent brains and people can think differently and think of the new industry the new product whatever yeah that you know shipping everything off to china and india is not going to help us with that and then we have you know so we have politicians like perry and santorum wanting to cut cut education and cut everything down, and then the schools, like in South Carolina, who are still doing school, will take an entire day to do a religious event, rather than actually teaching even just the math and reading to get past the test. And you get pissed, goddammit! Yeah, although, one day out of the thing, I'm not concerned about. However, the fact that it's proselytizing is unacceptable. Okay. What's next? Well... I went to a party Yay! this last week. Did you have? Did it have streamers and noisemakers? It did not. Oh, it did not. But a clown? A couple of couple of beer. No, it wasn't that kind of party. Okay, I'll shut up then. It was just a just a get together. Not really a party party. Just a sort of a get together of of so friends. Not a party or a shindig. It was or a party. Hootenanny. It was more just a kind of a, a, little a gathering. A gathering. Some beer. Some some. Uh, well, some people were drinking tequila and vodka. But there was food and music and Kangen water. Oh, really? Our old friend Kangen water? Yes. A, a lady brought in five gallons of Kangen water. <laughs> so here's something that I actually didn't know about Kangen water is it produces uh, alkaline and acidic water. Really? Yeah, which makes sense because, you know, it separates the two out. And so you can the alkaline water you're supposed to drink, and the acidic water you're supposed to use to to clean because it would it's a it's a non chemical cleaner in the, uh, the fact that it's water that's acidic. Okay. Well, so in other words, kind of like bleach. Uh, so this lady, uh, she was quite nice, but uh, I asked her about Kangen water. I'm not going to go into the whole as deep as we did last time. But uh, um, for, for all intents and purposes, Kangen water is this device you can buy that's supposed to be magically filtering your water to make it 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 makes super healthy ionized alkaline water, which makes it in a, in a high pH, uh, which they claim is very good for you. And this lady says that uh, it'll make you feel better. It cured her friend's cancer. 
Really? Yes, he had a tumor and he had throat cancer, which, you know, Christopher Hitchens might be interested. <laughs> and that's when I said, oh, really? And and she had, uh, it'll make you, you know, it'll make you bounce around and it'll unclump your blood. <laughs> And well, if you got blood clots, that you got a bigger problem than clumping, not clots, clumping. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that was one of the things I told her is like, if your blood is clumping together, you're probably dead yeah. or on your well way to being uh, dead because like the capillaries can't take clumped blood. Right. What does that even mean? They if can barely said, well, take one red blood cell. Usually, <laughs> it's. Usually when you see clump blood, it's usually a case of somebody's got a blood transfusion with the wrong blood type. <laughs> bad things are happening. You definitely know bad things are happening. So I asked her what that meant. And she said, well, I'm not really certain, but I know when you drink the Someone alkaline told water, her. it, it changes, changes the pH of your blood, and it, it causes smoother blood flow, and it unclumps your blood. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. So it turned out that when I delved a little bit more... Into this guy who is going into chemo. Let's go back to him real quick. The friend of hers who's... The friend of hers... Neck who, cancer was cured. Sorry. Yeah. Whose neck cancer was cured. Uh, it turns out that he was going through chemotherapy and doing some other science-based treatments. But after he stopped his treatments, he started drinking Kangen water, and he never got it again. <laughs> so he finished his chemo. He finished his chemo. Started drinking Kangen water, and then I guess she expected it to just come back and, like, start attacking him again. But magically, the water kept it away by changing the pH of his blood. So not the medicine, not the actual... Right, I just... I I asked her about that. She said, well, you know, that probably helped, but it was... Probably helped? (laughs) Okay, once again... Correlation does not imply causation. Right. <laughs> but it's not even just the correlation does not bring causation. It's the correla- correlation and ignoring this big fucking thing over here that actually did something. Called science. Yes. So, then after I, I kind of went, uh, yeah, okay. So, how does it work? And that's when she said the ionized water energizes your blood and makes it more viscous, and it prevents it from from clumping together. More viscous? Yes. That's not good. Or less it? viscous. Less no, less viscous. Would no, be. I think I think she said more viscous because I think she meant that the implication more. to her was that it got thinner. I thought so. Just take a damn was... aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then it and which of course I said, well, if it, if your blood is clumped, no, the, the key point was that she says it you know stops it clumping. Okay. Together. Where and that's when I said, uh, that's where we're going to have a problem. And then she says it changes the pH of your body to to make it more alkaline. And my question was, how? Okay, because the stomach is very acidic, and I, I right. did some research. The stomach has a has a pH of about four. It's very acidic, and you can actually go lower than that depending on what what's happening. Uh, but it maintains about four. Your blood. Always maintains between like 7.35 and 7.45 pH, which was sl- slightly alkaline. Right. Like seven that. is neutral pH. Seven is, seven is perfectly neutral. So you need the acids to break down 
the foods and uh, amino acids and everything, so that it goes into your colon, and then... And once it's in your intestines, because it's met this other stuff, the pH has probably come back up closer to neutral. Well, it, that's exactly yeah. what happened. When it goes into the lower intestine, then the pancreas comes in, and that's when it becomes alkaline. Right, it starts putting in so it neutralizes it so it can start pulling So it's kind of like the British cop walking in there and going, what's all this then? And <laughs> it makes everything more alkaline. Okay. Sure. I'm trying to pre- paint it like a visual <laughs> picture for our listeners. Right. So I decided I was going to find out a little bit more because I couldn't remember anything that, that we had said uh, about uh, Kangen water. I, I knew the basics of it. That was kind of ridiculous. And she couldn't right. really answer the questions. So I for, imagine that. Uh, so I told her, well, uh, if you can show me some peer-reviewed scientific articles, I'll be more than happy to believe it. But you can't explain how an alkaline water that you're drinking gets into your stomach, which is horribly acidic, and then makes it through all that process, and then somehow ionizes your blood. Right. Which it doesn't make any sense because you're going to lose all of that. You know, you add a alkaline to an acid, you know, high pH to low pH is it's going to even out and try and you know try and get either it's either going to be an acid. Your or body other, is going to try to regulate to what it wants. Exactly, it and your be. body tr- tries to keep your blood at seven point three five, seven point four five. Okay, and we're going to get to that in a moment. So I went online and and tried to find some. Explanations, what other people are saying about it, because I'm stupid like that. <laughs> and so I, I picked like the first two uh, YouTube videos because I thought they might explain YouTube videos. Yes. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, was, I, I went through all the you know Quack Watch. I went to uh, Skeptic.com. I went to uh, Ionizers.org, which we'll get to in a moment. Dun dun dun. And I, but I thought, okay. I want to see what other normal people are saying about King and Water. So the first one... <laughs> normal you're using loosely? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, scare quotes there around normal people. But just regular Joes. Because, uh, first of all, I looked it up. It's about four to $5,000 for a machine, per, per machine. So you automatically think that, okay, they've just spent four to $5,000, so they're probably going to want to use it. So... First one I came up was, and almost the number one was, don't believe the lies about King and Water, my alkaline story. Oh. And it's these two uh, women, uh, older ladies, sitting on a couch, talking about their thing, and talking about King and Water. And I'm just going to call them Right Lady and Left Lady. <laughs> uh, right Lady is the owner of the equipment, and Left Lady is someone who has recently been brought into the fold. Cult. Yeah, I was going to say cold, but I said do fold. Okay. And the right lady says, drinking Kangen water for six months. And the left lady says, it's phenomenal. Life-changing vibration in my body. The very first time I drank the water, I didn't realize how thirsty I was. I realized how dehydrated I was. I ended up drinking three glasses of water in a two-hour sitting, which to those that know me know that that's a miracle unto itself because I haven't been a water drinker until I started drinking the Kangen water. So, she doesn't regularly <laughs> drink water. Right. Now she does. Now she does. And she, and she that feels time. better. Of course. This is definitely a point that we talked about earlier that, you know, months ago when we first touched on Kangen water, that if you're usually mm-hmm. drinking soda or coffee or a lot, you know, processed stuff or 
lots of caffeine or whatever. If instead you're drinking just basic water, it's gonna you're gonna feel a little healthier. You're not having as much carbonation in your stomach with sodas, sugar, sugar, caffeine, just all that kind of stuff. You're gonna feel a little healthier. Not to sound all new wavy and an all natural kind of guy, new agey but anyway, yeah. <laughs> All wooey? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Not to sound that way, but if you're just going to drink water, you're going to feel good. Right. You'll get hydrated a little bit faster. Water is good for you, people. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't drink water, maybe you're drinking liquor instead or something, you're going to feel better because you're not, you know, you don't because you're either. not dehydrated? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of what, what uh, Left Lady says. She says, I realize I had a thirst that I never even remember even having. Yes, she said it that way. Feeling the sensation of being thirsty. And then the pizza guy came in the front door and the music started going down, But then the right lady says, I have that too. It's like, I'm thirsty and I need water. But not just regular water, tap water bottled. I need Kangen water. It's totally different. Now I'm going to post... A link to this so you all can go. And and you know what? I applaud anybody who can get past a minute and a half of this video. Yeah, because that one's one's like a nine minute. Just the bangs alone on these two ladies. But but they they start talking about detoxing, layers of detoxing. So you don't just detox once. You detox a lot while drinking the Kangen water. Which end did they stick the water in? They're drinking it. That's what they're saying. And one of the quotes was, acidity comes out when you start drinking the water because it makes you more alkaline. So it starts cleaning the body out and brings you more into wholeness. And the other lady had physical symptomology, which I thought was great. Now, okay. Okay, I'm hold on, fun. hold on, hold on. Symptom, meaning, you know. She had physical symptoms. symptoms but she had symptoms. Symptomology. So she had the little study signs. of yeah. symptoms. Now we're we're kind of making fun of them because they're not they're not scientists they're right. not uh, engineers and, okay, and they're just you know, spouting no, no, the oh, stuff that they had been told right. by the people who sold them the device. Right, and then they said once your body is alkaline, no disease can survive it, and that leads into the next one. No disease whatsoever. No disease, which reminds me a little bit of callosin or calosin from Andromeda strain, which kills everything in the body, but you have to keep taking it. Because if you stop taking it, you you die of something that we've never seen before because our bodies have become acclimated to it. That's exactly what Kangen water is. So then I I thought, okay, well, look at this other one, which is a Kangen water experiment by Joel. Ooh, experiment. That's got to be good. It's this guy in New York. Oh, it's awesome. No, it's not. It's this guy in New York. And he's got, you know, like a one-gallon jug, and he's just bringing people off the street. Uh, Supposedly, or, uh, well, uh, sorry, off on the sidewalk, he's just bringing them over, and the, it's in front of it's in front of like the the CD displays from you know selling copied CDs and stuff like that. Basically, and it's, it's got some gu- he he's got his friend on camera, and it's all shaky yes, and all that. Yes, yeah. and, and so, it looks like like last week he was pulling a three card Monty. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of dressed up, and and so he brings the guy over, and he fills up just a quarter of the cup of a Dixie cup of a Dixie cup, and then he he. He says, "Now just stand there, just stand there, and let me pull you." Yeah, he 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 pulls on him, and he pulls him over, and then he has, he does it he does it three times, 
And then so he, the, no no try harder don't let right. me pull you don't over right and then then he has him drink just a, a, a quarter l- of the Dixie cup and then the guy is like a rock he cannot be pulled over so it's like in, the power in an balance instant. in an instant it's like the power bracelets I was thinking the same thing yeah I was gonna ask you uh, what you thought that was but you guys are too smart for me you left right to it yes. And what's hilarious about this is both the guy with the camera and the guy in front of the camera. See, now, that's not a con. You think it's a con, right? It's not a con. It's not a con. It's not a con. It's yeah, not a con, right? You think it's a con? No, you're definitely uh, putting a lot of weight on me. The minute that you start asking, you don't think this is a con? It's a con. And and it's so, so obvious what they're doing. They did a demonstration of... This, this, you know, how this, this technique is done. Kinesiology, thank you. Uh, they did a demonstration of this at TAM with, I think, Richard Feynman and George Robb was being the... Richard Feynman? No, no Richard um, Saunders. Saunders, thank you. Richard Saunders and George Robb. The ghost Robb. of Richard Feynman. <laughs> I was going to say, that was kind of impressive. If you met Richard I'm Feynman Mongo's, at TAM... The ghost of Richard Feynman. <laughs> I mean, if you met him at TAM, I'm impressed. Anyway, anyway... So Richard Saunders. Richard Saunders was doing a demonstration with George Robb George as Robb. the subject, and you could see, I mean, George Robb just had his arms out, so they would push down in different ways, but right. this guy on the video, he was he had the person have their arms to the side, and he would pull down, but when he was doing it first, he was obviously pulling the arm away, away and down, yeah. and which instead of, instead of has that angle. Yeah, instead of straight down, it was like a yeah. ten, 10 degrees from up. Yeah. So, um, a listener, if you think, the, 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 the subject originally has his arm by his side, and the, the guy takes his arm and pulls it away from his body, maybe 30 degrees, and then pulls down uh, you, in you, that You motion. don't even have to do that. You can, you yeah. can do like 10 degrees. Yeah. I mean, because you want to make Just it to look, get the yeah. visual. He All pulls right, his okay. arm away from his body and pulls down. Right. And and there's, with that angle, there's no way to stop it. And then after he gives him the little sip of the water and magically, this guy, he pulls straight down. He doesn't pull the arm away from the body no. at in all. In fact, I, I think it looks like he actually puts it even into the body. He, he because, like pushes you know. towards the guy almost. Yeah. I mean... It's just silly. So it's not the slickest ex- uh, demonstration of that that technique that makes you think that you're not moving and moving in, in different ways, but... It was so blatant. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to go towards find someone with who, like, like this is pro uh, alkaline ionizer person thing. And so I, I did more searches, got away from YouTube, and went for the text. Okay. And I found ionizer. Ionizers. That's a weird word now. Ionizers.org. So oh, you're thinking, org, yeah. you're thinking this is dot org, so it's a, it's it's legitimate, right? No, they just wanted to save a couple so of bucks. So this Ian Blair Hamilton from uh, Ion Life Australia. <laughs> that's right, my best Australian accent. It's not bad. He he has a, a five-page write-up: alkaline water and ORP explain. And ORP, ORP, which he doesn't ex- he doesn't say that until much much later. Oxidizing, reducing, or potential is what it's a, and there is an actual uh, meter that will determine uh, the al- alkalinity. Uh, so it's actual scientific term. It, it is well, it's, it, no, it's a guys. it's a uh, 
It's a device. Okay. It's a device that'll that'll determine and determine how how far it can go and you know, how many uh, free elect uh, ions you have in there, how much hydrogen is is floating around in there. Gotcha. So it's 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 what they use to demonstrate that you have changed the pH and, and all that. So because they can't just use I don't know litmus paper. Well, yeah, but this is far more accurate. Okay. Okay. So. He says, um, he's talking about acid alkaline balance and blah, 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 same bullshit. Uh, and he says, why is it important, uh, about the, the hydrogen, about the free hydrogen floating around in there? Hydrogen fuels us. Hydrogen heals us. Hydrogen is our most essential nutrient. Hydrogen provides our life force. I thought it was oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, well, it's still not a nutrient. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a molecule. Water is a solvent in our bodies, not right. But, but we're talking nutrient. hydrogen. Oh, okay. hydrogen. The, the free hydrogen. But I thought... and immediately after that. Uh... So if you like, it's it's a, it's a measure of available life force in a liquid. And I mean, he talks life about life force. We're getting sang... into the energy here. Oh, it gets better. Sang Wang. It could be Song Wong or Sang Wong. Uh, he wrote the book. He wrote the book about reverse aging. Now, if if let me go back. If you look up hydrogen fuels us, this paper is all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's on like a couple hundred thousand hits I saw on Google. So, but he got that from Sang Wang. That wonderful, and I'll quote that wonderful Korean American scientist and inventor. He explains it beautifully in his groundbreaking book, Reverse Aging. Now, just let me read the very next paragraph. He says water has memory. We've seen this in Dr. (laughs) Nasuru Emoto's amazing crystal images and in the early works of homeopaths. But he goes further. Now, first of all, (laughs) homeopaths. Second of all, uh, are you familiar with the crystal images? Yeah. I am. I am. Biting my tongue just to not just start spouting Tim Minchin right now. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't look up Masuro Emoto, but I think he's talking about the, the ice crystals when you put like smiley faces and bad words and all that, where the words have an effect okay. on, on, and then he just kind of determined, oh, well, this looks happy because I put a happy word on it. How okay. very Ghostbusters 2. So he says, so uh, going back to uh, Song Wong. He says this memory is expressed as a measurable electrical energy. This energy can be measured in volts or millivolts because it's always very small and can be lost over time. When water has its electrical potential, it has the ability to cause the hydrogen atoms in it to assume two different forms. Really? Right, which I couldn't quite figure out what the two different forms was, but I think it's H... What? <laughs> I think it's H plus and OH minus, which um, isn't the hydrogen atoms necessarily, except it's H plus and H minus. So you have a positive, you have a, uh, right. ion, a positive ion and negative. Um, and he says, uh, he talks about the difference between acidic and, and alkaline, and the, or the, the acidic form is OH minus, and then one oxygen atom, one hydrogen atom with this negative electrical charge. That's ionized water. So OH minus is ionized no. water. No, that would not I'm be water. So it's been a while since, since I've taken chemistry, but OH is not water. Yep. So he just, um, 
he just continues on and just it's it's really annoying. Now, if you don't know anything or don't really think about it, it sounds like it makes sense. It's the usual kind of word salad gobbledygook that yeah. just gets thrown at you, and you're like, but he starts saying weird things. Like I've had a few people ask me why they get such a boost from oxygen supplements. In parentheses, hydrogen peroxide. Who is drinking hydrogen peroxide? What the hell? <laughs> and that's an oxygen supplement? So it just goes deeper and deeper into woo. Did they and sell the word oxide and peroxide? Yeah. yeah. I, I, and and he, he says, you know, once once the, the, the food gets into the acid, it has to get into the, you know, if, if it gets really acidic... There's nothing the body can do. The body doesn't know what to do with a heavily acidic stomach. So that's why you have to, you know, take alkaline water or, or Tums or, or that. And However they, the hell did our species survive for the last, you know, right. millions of years? But, How, but then, but then no, he says, no, 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 no. dogs survive? 6,015 years. All right. Listen to you. <laughs> so... And then he immediately says, well, no, sorry, not immediately. He actually goes through a page. page on and, and on and on. And he says, you've been robbing the pancreas so that it gets exhausted. It has nothing more to give. And he mentions, oh, the pancreas is what makes it alkaline. <laughs> okay, we just, we need to move on because I'm, I think I'm actually losing brain cells You're right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I thought, I thought it would be uh, quite interesting to go through and just see how easy it is to to get to get waylaid because you have to I mean what comes up when you say king and water is uh, uh, skeptic or actually it's chem one uh, which is uh, related but that's kind of technical I mean the science gets technical and here they 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 just kind of gloss over things. Right, so the lay person coming to this would not understand would not and even Sang Wang Song Wing Sang Wing. He, he just immediately says, uh, the byproduct of making hydrochloric acid is sodium bicarbonate or potassium bicarbonate, which goes into the bloodstream. What? He just says that. In the stomach. He's, this is why he's explaining what alkaline you know, water helps. And he says, it just goes into the bloodstream. Just asserts it. Oh, it goes into the blood. But it's in the stomach. So why doesn't it go into the lower intestine? So he doesn't understand that... Food doesn't get absorbed in the stomach; it gets absorbed in the intestines. I don't know. In no, in the stomach, in the intestines. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. stomach. The, the the stomach makes potassium or sodium chloride. But then this byproduct of potassium and sodium chloride immediately goes into the bloodstream from the stomach. From the stomach, which it doesn't. With nothing <laughs> comes into your bloodstream so, from you know, the stomach. I, and and I, I was going to go on and on and on. But we it's don't a lot need of, to go on and you know, on, and we've gone on yes. and on and on, and we've given these people a lot more. It's a so, lot of bad science and kind right. of gish gallop gobbledygook it, that the layperson just reads and says, "Oh well, it, you know, it, it makes your body alkaline." And right. someone tells you that at a party, they never thought about it. They never and, asked that next question of right. what it, does that mean? How what does, does that, that mean? In in okay, so you know that in the stomach. It's basically acid, and regardless of what you put into it, it's going to remain acid. And then it gets, and then if you read a little bit, you find that it goes alkaline in, in the intestines. It's like, so how do you get rid of acids? Well, it it goes into through your kidneys, uh, through urine, and you dispel, it out. <laughs> yeah, and you dispel carbon dioxide, which is a byproduct through breathing. 
because you, if you breathe a lot really fast, you know, you'll hyperventilate and that'll make your body alkaline and you'll pass out so that your body can get back to normal. If you hold your breath a long time, it'll actually make your body more acidic because you've got the carbon dioxide and stuff going through and you'll pass out <laughs> because <laughs> your body wants to fix itself. Your body wants to come back to its neutral state, whatever yeah. that is. And it's and it has lots of checks and balances. So uh, I just enjoy that, and I'm hoping that she sends me uh, an email so that I can email her back and start setting her straight. So, uh, but I, I, a, I was kind of a dick to her because yeah. I was just because I was kind of like not not so much just because I was in her face about well, what does that mean? How does that happen? Where does that go? What, what's the not body's normal pH? Do you know anything about what you're saying? And she didn't know. And so, but I would like to set her straight. So. Probably more used to someone saying, oh, really? That's fascinating. Well, that's exactly what the people that. at the party were doing. And the yeah. cool thing was there's another guy who's a PhD scientist who works in, in lasers, and he was sitting there with his head cocked. <laughs> he came up to me later. He's like, I'm so glad you were saying something, because I don't know enough about this, but I knew it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And damn it, that's why we need more education, which brings us back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Indeed. So, that's my thing on what happened to me this weekend. <laughs> but did you enjoy the party otherwise? I enjoyed it, and, you know, we, we kind of glossed over that and just started drinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I had, I had one beer. and Good for you. So. Life in moderation, Indeed. that's important. Uh, so, Greg... All right, so about a week or so ago, uh, a regular YouTube guy who posts a lot of videos called Sinister, S-I-N-I-X. Capital X. Capital X, S-T-E-R, um, posted a new video where he got some footage from Navy's S-E-C-C-H-I website. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, Sechi. Sun-Earth Connection Coronal and Heliospheric Investigation. But um, basically it's a website that posts um, as real-time as possible image images that are coming from the stereo mission. The mission basically has a couple satellites that are observing the sun and the surrounding area, looking for coronal mass e- um, ejections, sunspots, and, and just generally staring at the sun 24-7 from multiple viewpoints so you can see in stereo, what the sun is doing. So he's got this 30-second clip of a coronal mass ejection. You don't see the sun, you just see something kind of coming out away from where the sun is. And in the middle of the image is um, is definitely the planet Mercury. So this coronal mass ejection comes across the screen, and then right before it hits Mercury, it appears that basically something flashes next to mercury it's a um it's a very pixelated image so it's really hard to see any detail whatsoever but the way he describes it is that is definitely some sort of manufactured object it's cylindrical on either side and has a a shape in the middle it definitely looks like a ship to me and very obviously it's cloaked there really is no, absolutely no explanation other than it's some sort of shit. <laughs> he also goes on to say that... Can't be anything else. What object cloaks itself and doesn't appear until it gets hit by energy from the sun? 
<laughs> so he sees this anomaly on this little 30-second video clip and says, obviously, it's a cloaked spaceship, which is apparently about the size of Mercury. I mean, Mercury's a small planet, but it's a planet. It, wait, yeah. <laughs> well, it's small as compared to Earth. Earth and, and Jupiter and all that. Out. But it's still, it would be a planet-wide size object. Right. So, so, you Mercury. Have, so you have you would have two things that are uh, amazing. Yeah. One, a planet-sized object. object, and two, a cloaked planet right. <laughs> So, if there was something there that big, uh, this is just an aside, if there was something there that big, you would see a gravitational effect. It would change the orbit of Mercury. It would be basically orbiting sure. a central space, kind of like, um, well, not so much the Earth and the Moon, but say Pluto and its moons right. orbit not the center of Pluto, but somewhere in between the two of them. The because center they're, of mass between the four, yeah. Yeah, because they're so close in mass. Yeah. A big-ass spaceship kind of big-ass Death Star-sized thing would affect No, no, it wouldn't be Death Star. Uh, Death Star is only the size of a moon. <laughs> True, but Mercury is... It's a know, smaller It would planet. be a okay. moon on around Jupiter if That's it wasn't a no planet. moon. Right. So they're constantly posting videos of the area around the sun, the heliosphere. Now, the important thing is this is kind of as real-time as they can make this video available to the public. Right. So, so it's fairly it's raw, raw data. Really fast processing. And that's where the, the rub of the, the issue is. That... I there's the rub. They have to process these images to make what is fairly uh, dim in the universe a coronal mass ejection. As much energy as it has, it's not a very bright thing, despite what the opening credits for Voyager might tell you. <laughs> so what um, they've or uh, lost in space or lost in space? Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't seen that one in a while. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's probably better for me. <laughs> So this guy just jumps to, it's a weird thing on the screen, it must be an alien spaceship. It's it's argument from personal incredulity, I don't know what this is, so it must be a spaceship. It's argument from ignorance, all that kind of thing. There's a really, uh, you know, Steve Novella did a pretty good treatment on this, but also um, a guy I know from TAM, Matt Lowry, the skeptical teacher. Right. He has a very good blog, he does a lot of sciencey stuff. Uh, he had a pretty good treatment about that, and you know, basically, it's saying it's the instead it's the UFO of the gaps, right. kind of it's some something I don't know what it is, so it must be a UFO. Yeah. Well, I'm actually a little bit surprised that he doesn't say that Mercury is being held up by a string there. That's, that's <laughs> obviously reflecting yeah. the coronal mass. Well, some injection. online commenters were saying, oh, it's just they'll just say it's lens flare or it's a reflection or something. And that's not really what it turns out to be. But the the funny thing is, is this guy's description of a a cylinder on e- either side and something in the middle. That's the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> so this guy is using his imagination to say, you know, I see something heavily pixelated there. It's a spaceship. And, you know, reading into it all our cultural knowledge, like, once people started talking about little gray men, everybody started seeing the aliens as little gray men. Rather than fairies or or demons or... Or green men. Or, say, anything that's not humanoid. 
Yes, exactly. It's all aliens are humanoid-looking in some respect. <laughs> right. But but it's it's interesting that the way they they do this because they're actually subtracting out a, a, a back plane right. to to get so you can see the coronal mass ejection in in vivid. Uh, vividly. Right. So what what you have is... And that causes problems. In the picture with the actual CME coming out, you have the CME and the stars and Mercury. Right. But the stars are a lot brighter, as dim as they are, than the CME. Right. So what they do is they take yesterday's picture, subtract out anything that's constant, and say, all right, anything that's left, that's the moving stuff. Right. The unfortunate part is... Mercury moves. Really? So what happens is... Not only does Mercury move, but these satellites also move. The satellites move as well. Tell me they don't. Yes. Uh, Well, I mean, we used to have a static universe until friggin' Galileo and... (laughs) So if what you do is you take two pictures and say anything that's the same in them, subtract out everything else, enhance, like if you're watching CSI and they suddenly enhance... (laughs) Whatever, but so enhance yeah, let's anything not go that's there. missing. Please, let's not go there. That's a then, whole other rant. Yes. Enha- if you enhance anything that's different between the two pictures, there's going to be an artifact there. Right. And that's really what it is. And the reason why it's not another circle, another Mercury there, is because, you know, the it's kind of its center of light is, you know, this this kind of bar in the middle. And that's what you see. And it bleeding pixelated into a couple of the other pixels. Because it's really blocky, this image. And the funny part is, is in order to, for Sinister to make this, you know, a more obvious thing, like, oh, well, I'll give you more detail on this. He zooms in, and you see, like, (laughs) and the whole picture is, like, 20 pixels. And it's like, no, that doesn't help. Doesn't, Doesn't really work. If only he had the same technology that they do in CSI. Don't get her started. Don't, Don't get, get her started. started. But, I mean, it's interesting because you have this, since I do audio engineering, I have some tools that will take noise away. And it always leaves artifacts that, that sound like a little tinkling glass or, or metal or thing. It's, it's very, very subtle, but if you know it's there, you can tell that something is, has removed, like, right. background hiss or... You know the sound of a, a bulb, and you just sample it, and you just assume that that is constant throughout. And so anything that is not constant, like if someone moves, if something, if somebody moves, it changes the reflection, so it changes right. the the background noise, and so you get all these really weird, weird sounds. It's, and so if you know that, same thing with digital. The, stuff. Yeah, it's the same thing with digital video. Yeah, you can remove something, but. When you remove it, there's going to be those hard edges and in, in everything else right. where it's very obvious right. that something has been either taken away or added. And, and of, of course, they're getting very good at hiding that, and the, the professionals are. But I'm telling you that is, that lens flare and blur are like a digital editor's best friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, ah, he, Star Trek Redux. Any almost any time that you see a lens flare in a major motion picture, just to hide it's something. Put there to hide something. <laughs> what were they trying to hide in Star Trek then? The plot holes and the bad science. Is Better than some of them. <laughs> anyway. No, but like you look at like the Transformer movies where they've got it all. Li- at one point, yeah. it's it's literally it's a plane that they didn't catch. 
where they were filming outside, and so they just lens flared it. Awesome. <laughs> but, you know, this guy looks at this very raw video that was only processed through once to get it up live as soon as possible that they didn't do a lot of cleaning up on of these kind of artifacts. And he says, well, I don't know what it is. It must be a spaceship. It must be. Yeah, no, it just leaps. And apparently, um, I mean, there, you could find several articles about this cloaked, mysterious spaceship that's actually just Mercury from yesterday. Um, you know, a lot of articles about that. It just it took one phone call to someone from NASA who's used to dealing with these kind of things and said, well, no, it was probably Mercury moved and they had to subtract out the background light and it was an artifact. And that brings us more to the broad idea of skepticism of, you know, you see a dust moat in a picture and you think, oh, that's an orb. It must be a ghost. <laughs> it's like, well, no, let's ask this guy I know who does Wedding photography, how often does this happen? Oh, it happens all the time. Right. It's dust. <laughs> it's dust. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy just does not ask the next simple question. It's like those people with the kink and water that you were talking about at the party or the people who put up these videos. They never ask that next question besides behind the surface of, well, that's odd. Or, well, that's interesting. What does, you know, alkaline do to me or something right. like that? Yeah. You never I, I just the like how question. nobody ever applies Occam's razor. It's just, it's completely beyond them. Yeah. Of, you know, you see the saying, it's as big as mercury. It's So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that being it's, said. it's more of the broad subject of this guy just jumping to a conclusion and not even thinking of, well, it could possibly be something else. And, you know, people will come and say to us, well, what, what's the big deal about being skeptical? This guy's, you know, he's just, you know, thrown this video on YouTube. It's not a big deal. It doesn't hurt anybody. That's true. There's not a lot of what's the harm in this that to go to what's the harm.com and kind of figure out what's a problem with it. But it's that kind of bad thinking. Well, that it, leads it to someone buying a $5,000 Kegel, <laughs> not Kegel, <laughs> Kangen water device. Um, it, it leads to someone thinking, oh, you know, I don't need vaccination because someone told me this surface story of vaccinations being bad. So I'll just believe them. I won't ask the next question. I won't say, well, is there a simpler answer? Could that just be that? It's yeah. a lens flare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could it just be a damn lens yeah. flare? But it's, it, it's also annoying because they don't even try to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. They just make an assumption that they know. Yeah. And then the people like it. It's so difficult to, to talk with them about that because they can throw a BS and then you have to like explain it technically. It's annoying. All right. Well, thank you very much, Greg. Shall we move on to... The Lightning Round! Lightning Round! As you all know, this is 90 seconds to talk about subjects, and we're going to start with Greg, and apparently there's going to be a Mythbusters show that isn't shown. Can you tell us about it? Well, it may not be an entire show or even an entire subject, but... One specific experiment that the Mythbusters were doing went a bit awry last week. Awry? Yes. So apparently, um, um, uh, Grant, uh, Carey, and Tori were testing um, a cannon. They were trying to test basically, I think it was metal cannonballs versus stone cannonballs that would 
you know, could they break down a castle wall? So they were test firing a couple cannons just to kind of calibrate things, a homemade cannon versus a regular cannon, that kind of thing. And they were shooting them kind of into a water barrel with a, a brick wall behind it, and it was in a bomb range, so you have those hills to kind of contain whatever shrapnel, the, whatever's going on. And apparently there was a bit of an oops, like the, the the muzzle went up a little farther or it was a little to the left or the right and it missed the water barrel, it bounced off the berm and flew out of the bomb range into a house through its front door, basically went upstairs out their bedroom window or bedroom wall, across a couple houses, bounced on a road, you know, and landed in somebody's minivan. And... um <laughs> And, awesome. it's, and the thing is, they've been doing the show for eight years, and they haven't had any mishaps like this. I'm going to take a little mulligan. They haven't had any mishaps like this, but they, the Mistbusters, you know, um, the the two hosts went to the the home of this these people and said, "We're very sorry," and you know, we'll you know, fix we'll, it. We'll fix it. We'll nice. pay for it. But unfortunately, the 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 father of the house is still seems a little pissed because he's still talking about suing. Uh, I just well, want to know what yeah. about what it, about the guy with the minivan? Is he going to sue too? No, nothing. But they've got a great map of where this, how this happened on Wired.com, and uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Okay, Gary. Hello, Etsy. <clears throat> got some new news about Etsy? Yes, not Etsy. the craft website. A- Etsy was uh, discovered in 1991. It's a guy who was climbing over the Alps. And uh, originally they thought that he was trying to escape uh, someone who was perhaps an interlocutor or someone who didn't like him because they thought that... There you go, using those big words. I know. Big. You can look it up, people. So they determined that that his stomach originally was almost empty of food, which implied that he either hadn't eaten in a long time or that he had been uh, greatly in fear. Uh, but it turns out that his stomach had been pushed up inside of his rib cage, and there they found leftover meal, a half digested meal of of um, some sort Twinkies. of yes, Twinkies. So what was it called? Curse like anyway, some some sort of meat product, and it looked like that he ate a lot of meat because he had uh, build up ibex ibex meat. He had build up in his Arteries. In his arteries. Uh, so it looks like he had sat down to just enjoy a meal, and then after he had been hiking for about 30 minutes, someone shot him in the back. Oh, well. <laughs> Very sad. Isn't that a nice story? But it's kind of really, it's cool that they can determine this just from the the remains inside of his stomach, that he was not particularly in a rush. Awesome. Now, Interesting. I have a local story, actually. A, there is now an employee of Macy's who's now a former employee who basically got her knickers in a twist when a transgendered used what she deemed as the wrong dressing room. Hmm. She is now. That can be a problem. She no, is because ne- they have doors. What does it matter? Right, anyway. exactly. She is now suing Macy's, who she says wrongfully fired her, violating her um, religious rights, because basically she said that she threw the guy, she threw the woman out, 
because she thought he was more male than female. So. But he was shopping for clothes. He was shopping for, she. She. Stylebook says, presents as woman, so. Will you. Stylebook says? Yes, (laughs) no. The, um, reporter's stylebook says it, you, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, basically that, she she had gone in was trying on clothes. Now Macy's has a policy that says a transgendered may choose whatever dressing room they choose. Okay. So they fired her because she violated policy. Policy. She's saying that that policy isn't good enough for me because God tells me I have to kick out transgenders. You have to discriminate. Right. So um, she did one of the thumbs up on Perry's thing. Yep. You want to go mulligan? No. Okay. Good. Excellent. I kind of sucked at that one today, so yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, Greg. 47-year-old BBC television signal. Yeah, so a friend of mine posted this article onto Facebook, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. Apparently, this Dr. Verne, a radio astronomer, um, was kind of looking around and saw signals in the VHF band coming back to us towards the the Earth at the 41 to uh, 68 megahertz band. You're thinking that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. It was was amazing. He's like, well, that's obviously our TV band, So, but it looked like it was coming from deep space. And they, they said they were starting to decipher the signals, and they figured out that they were nearly 50 years old, which meant that it was some something 25 light years away was bouncing the signals back to us. And, you know, they asked Hubble to look at it and say, you know, is that what is this quote-unquote bounce anomaly? I thought, this is amazing. This is great. Because the article also ended that they were saying that they had begun to recover some old Doctor Who episodes because of this. But then I looked up at the top of the the page and I realized, first of all, it's from 2009. Oh, well, it's an old story. But I realized it was posted April 1st, 2009. Damn it. Yeah. yeah, And that's what really that first brought my skeptical radar going. And also I realized I had Googled Dr. Vern. I Googled Bounce Anomaly and I couldn't find anything else. So this must be a fake article because I could not find any correspondence. Corresponding articles. Yeah, corroborating evidence. Ah. So, Gary, I'm, I'm looking at the board and I see Russian spaceship versus a harp. Yes. Uh-huh. No. It has nothing, nothing to do with, with angels or anything. Russia has a problem with Mars. They can't seem to they get a probe. They have a problem with a lot of things. But, but they can't seem to get a probe or a spaceship to Mars at all. Um, I think half of all spaceships ever sent have failed but russia has a great majority of those There's 19 attempts for that now 19 attempts over 51 years and they haven't had a successful mission so a it, general now oh for, first of all dmitry medvedev 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 yeah dmitry um, m yep he uh, he's the current Russian president. Uh, yeah, he has threatened to criminally prosecute those responsible, if possible. And one of the generals in charge of this escapade has decided that it is the 
High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP, which gets blamed for everything by conspiracy theorists, and he thinks that they uh, cause faulty communications and destroyed their probe. Whether on purpose or inadvertently, oh, rather, this yeah, mysterious way. program up in Alaska destroyed the Phobos Grunt process. Absolutely. And I love it. It's in Phobos Grunt. Grunt means soil, so before you start thinking of something else, fear of grunting. <laughs> okay, now last week we discussed Rick Perry's strong video. This week, I kind of want to talk about some of the, the parodies that have come out. Because the, the internet fairly exploded over this one. Yes. Very, yes, very much so. I, I, I do believe that some people were trying to actually break the internet. They <laughs> <laughs> did a pretty good job of it. There, there's at least two bad lip syncing videos there's um there's actually three because there's one where a guy actually uses the same words but has a very effeminate sibilant s voice going over it there are parodies there are responses there are photoshop pictures just stills like one has rick perry with uh tinky winky in the background (laughs) one rick perry with voldemort's head right talking about you know it's it's unfair that our children you know have to have to work with muggle muggle born and can't practice the dark arts yeah um there are several gay military members who have posted videos in response um my personal favorite is Brian Fisher actually got on the Rick Perry video train. The pro Rick yes. Perry bandwagon. So obviously one of those thumbs up is him. Right. And he has basically said that if you dislike the Rick Perry video, you are, um, how did he put it? You like to have pro- sex with animals. Right. You're a pro gay who's in char, who's in favor of man on dog sex. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting. Is it a video response or an audio? Yeah, response? it's a video. video. Well, like a video of his radio show. Now yeah, he's, he's from the American Family Association, yes. so he would probably know all about Man bestiality. On. Yes, because families usually have one cat and one dog. This is true, and two and a half children. So <laughs> and three quarters of a white picket fence. What's I, going on I don't here? know. So we'll post some of the some of the. Um, Parodies. We will, we, will, we will link. We will link to them on the blog and in yeah. the show notes. Well, we so. can post a lot of these things to Facebook because they've been going around Facebook all the time. Yeah, and um, that kind of leads me to something. You now, we would like our listeners. If you have ideas that you'd like us to talk about on the show, you know, articles you find or videos you think are funny, feel free to post them on the Skeptic Wire Facebook page because we keep an eye on that. We'll post our own ideas of what we're thinking about talking about. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start posting stuff that we're just thinking about. Yeah. So if we're you considering, th- you know, if if there's some big news story that we start talking about, you can keep liking that and saying, if we get 25 people liking one story, we're gonna talk about it. Yes, indeed. But or yeah. maybe yes. not because maybe you're yeah. just sick of hearing about but it. But then again, you know, things like Rick Perry and the Strong video, there's just so much out there, and it's it's so ripe for parody. You know, there there are pictures 
comparing Rick Perry's jacket to the jacket the guys are wearing in um, uh, in Brokeback Brokeback Mountain. Mountain. Which, you know, eerily, creepy, scarily, looks the same. It's a fairly common jacket cut, but yeah, it's... It just made the internet explode, so that might dilute people's likes, but we'd, we'd, we'd sense a major theme going well, on. This is, this is what's weird about Rick Perry so far in his, in his videos and stuff. He does stupid stuff? Yes, but interestingly stupid stuff. <laughs> so on this one, he's wearing the Brokeback Mountain jacket-ish, a very similar style. The music behind him is Was written by Aaron, gay composer. Aaron Copeland who's Jewish and was homosexual. And then he had another video where he used the atheist A in red. (laughs) Not just the A, but the the, font, exactly. The same font. So it just, it kind of freaks me out whether he's, he's trying to send these signals going, I'm just doing this to get elected, guys. I'm not really this way. I really am a, uh, homosexual yeah. uh, atheist. <laughs> so I'd like to point out before we end, uh, in the time since we've been talking about Rick Perry Strong, he has gained two thumbs up and 64 <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> it was what, 20,000, about 20,000 thumbs up and about 600,000 tw- tw- yeah, thumbs down? Yeah, tw- 21,790 when we started six. 178,213 down, and then now it's 21,792 versus 678,277. Yay! So he's just not... I think that Rick Perry was strong, just not in the way that he wanted to be. That's our governor, folks. He's strong. All right, we're out. Bye. We're out of word talkingness stuff. Word, yeah. Well, um, we'll have something next week. We're not certain what. Probably won't be as long. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Uh, with me tonight are Greg, <laughs> Greg Perrine. How long have you freaking known me, dude? How long? You just stare at me and you just go blank and I know it's in my eyes. I hope the eagle has a cross now, in its eye. there was a... Now... <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> um... <clears throat> um.